0: Everybody, welcome or welcome back to Analyzing with Anne. That's analyzing, spelled with two N's, just like my name. No E on the end of that one there. Today I will be doing a two-part podcast on the When Calls a Heart Christmas movie, Home for Christmas. I have made other recordings of this and it's just too long, so we are going to break this down. To where in recording one, I will give you the summary and talk about the characters. In recording two, I will talk about interpersonal communication and my predictions and preferences. So, without further ado, let's get started. This was definitely an ensemble movie, so I will be breaking this down in the summary to the main plot points. We are going to start with the Elizabeth, Rosemary, and Little Jack story. Little Jack is turning one and Elizabeth wants to make this memorable for him. Well, really more memorable for her, Rosemary, Lee, and Bill, who will be there because he won't really remember it. But she wants to make it special for him. She has a couple of scenes with Rosemary where she talks about how it's really difficult doing all this with Jack, her late husband, being gone. And that ties into the second story that we have here, where the Coulters and Bill are either looking for the perfect gift or searching for the perfect gift that they had for little Jack. The Coulters are on the search for the perfect gift for little Jack. And it has to be perfect because they're only allowed one gift. At first, Rosemary thinks a train set would be great for little Jack, But Lee brings up the point that he can't really enjoy a train set now because he's a little too young. Personally, when I first watched this, my first thought was just get him a box to play with. A lot of one-year-olds would prefer the box anyway, but that does not occur to them. However, they do come across inspiration for the perfect gift. As Lee sees a horseman riding through town, he rides in really fast and he sees that he's about to trample over a couple of young girls in town. Lee tells the girls to stop and Rosemary tells the horseman to slow down and that is when they decide that... A rocking horse would be the perfect gift for a one year old. Tying in with Leon Rosemary's story, Bill is the one who thought he had the perfect gift for Jack, but then he can't find his gift for Jack. He asks Molly if she's been in his desk and she says, no, she hasn't. She organized everything on top of his desk. We see Bill go through this search for his gift for Jack and he's about to give up and get logs because he doesn't want to go to Jack's party empty-handed. Finally, Molly comes in to give him a Christmas cake for allowing her to organize his office for him. As she's doing that, she sees Bill frantically looking for his gift for Little Jack, and he asks her again, have you seen it? It looked like this, and she knows right off the bat what it is he's looking for and where to find it. So she pulls it out and gives it to him. Bill's gift for Little Jack ends up being a compass that was given to him by the late Jack, Little Jack's father, when they were stuck, I believe, in a windstorm, and Jack gave it to him to turn around. He tells Elizabeth this as he gives it to her, as little Jack is too little to really do anything with it, but he gives it to her for safekeeping. Moving on to the next big storyline that basically starts off this whole movie is Lucas and the Christmas festival that he has organized for the town. Before I get into the main part of this, I will specify that there are a couple scenes where we do get conversations between Lucas and Elizabeth. She is the one who in the end tells him that he was the one that connected everybody and sharing this tradition that he grew up with. We do learn a lot about his past as when him and Elizabeth talk, he brings it up. We find out that his family moved around a lot and that the only time they were really together was at Christmas time. That was a time that he felt they were really a family. And he enjoyed a lot of different Christmas festivals and traditions from different countries. Munich. Germany was the one that he kind of based off his version of the Christmas festival but he went to other places such as Shanghai. He talks to Elizabeth about the paper lanterns that were let out and she makes a remark that it must have been beautiful. He responds to yes they were and sees a look on her face so then he gets the idea to do it for the town of Hope Valley. But the biggest part of Lucas and the festival is the fact that he didn't expect a large crowd So he has to ask Clara to help out with Saloon, which Clara does. Jesse ends up getting roped in as he wants to spend all this time with Clara now that he has time off of work. But Clara really feels the need to help Lucas and serve everyone coming to Hope Valley. So those two end up helping Lucas. Lucas and Jesse end up reconciling to each other. Nathan is also given a big storyline as he has gotten a promotion that he has been working for to Inspector in Union City. This means that he would have to leave Hope Valley, which he doesn't necessarily want to leave, but he's wanted this position. He doesn't know where his friendship with Elizabeth stands, so he decides to take the position. Allie finds out about this on accident as she does read about it on paper and Nathan has to tell her this means we're going to have to leave Hope Valley, which is another reason why he's hesitant and doesn't like leaving. Allie has made connections and is currently thriving there. When Elizabeth finds out about this, she honestly becomes a little snooty with Nathan. Well, more than a little in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. And... Basically, it almost bullies him into staying, even though it's honestly not of her business, but I'll talk about that later. When Nathan sees his niece Allie singing in the choir and hears her solo, he ends up deciding that he cannot see either him or Allie living anywhere else but Hope Valley and decides to turn the offer down. Then we have Team Infirmary, who has probably the more quirky, lighthearted story in here, as Faith initially has to tell Carson that she can't come home to Hope Valley because her brother, who was initially going to take care of her father, is not able to make it due to his wife being ill and needing attention. However, her other brother decides that he's gonna come and relieve her. So Faith decides to surprise Carson. In the meantime, Carson has also decided that. That he wants to surprise Faith, which, as you can tell, leads into a kind of quirky storyline. The story leads into Walter's story, which Walter had initially come in to Hope Valley. To sell his product, which doesn't work well, but he tries to sell it with enthusiasm anyway. He leaves Hope Valley to a meeting in Union City, and as he's coming back, he ends up running into Carson, who needs a ride back to Hope Valley. Walter joyously tells him that he can ride in with him as he's gonna ride through Hope Valley anyway to get to where he needs to go for Christmas. He ends up having a cough because he's had to sell his coat in order to make money, which Carson, being a doctor, We all know he ends up taking care of him. However, there is a flat with the car, so he does have to get a wagon from someone that he finds to get them back to Hope Valley. Then Henry actually ends up taking Walter back to his car and tells him to contact him in the new year, and he'll see if he can find him a better job in Union City as he knows people there. Well, that wraps up this summary portion. Now, I will go on into the characters, starting with Elizabeth. I kind of hinted at this earlier when she was interacting with Nathan. She did come off as a bit pushy and manipulative. I honestly felt like it wasn't her business because her and Nathan were just friends. They weren't dating. I felt like this really didn't concern her. In all honesty, this was ultimately Nathan's decision as to what was best for him and for Allie, not Elizabeth's. I didn't feel like this was a situation where she needed to put input in. And even if she did, the way she did it came off as manipulative, bossy, pushy, and honestly kind of selfish to me. I understand her wanting Allie, to have a stable life but honestly in the long term if Nathan had moved to Union City that probably would have been his last move and he now has Some idea as to how to help Allie. Allie's learned how to make friends. So everything initially could have been all well and fine once him and Allie settled there. I didn't think that was needed. However, I did think that it was nice of her to help Nathan and Allie find a big tree. That whole scene of them finding the tree and decorating was really nice. Personally, I thought they had chemistry, but I don't want to make a big issue of the triangle. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Moving on to Lucas, we got more background on him. This movie improved my opinion of him. I was not into Lucas as a character in season six at all. Well, kind of. He had some of his funny moments, but overall, I wasn't really into his character. Learning about his background and seeing him do other things other than constantly trying to get Elizabeth's attention was very nice. We actually got to learn about him and his upbringing. Moving on to Nathan, we did get to learn more about him and his family. That's another scene that him and Elizabeth had where he was discussing the tradition that his mother, I think, him and his mother had with his sister. They always got a new charm for her bracelet and Allie was getting at the age where he felt this was a good tradition to carry on with her as she was difficult to buy for at her age. Then later he tells Elizabeth about how his sister and him would always take the seed of the pine cone that they used to decorate their Christmas tree and they would plant it in the backyard. Now that him and Allie have kind of made roots, not officially, they could plant theirs in the backyard, at least as far as Allie knows at that point. In this instance, I feel that we learn about how close him and his sister must have been with these traditions that he's trying to carry on with his niece. Moving on to Rosemary, I really like it when we learn little tidbits about our characters and their backgrounds, especially the supporting characters, because we already know a ton about Elizabeth's background. With Rosemary, I loved the part where she said that she loved making ornaments as a child. It doesn't surprise me that Rosemary would be into that, but I enjoyed getting to hear about her childhood and just that little line. I loved seeing how Rosemary has grown progressively throughout seasons. This was shown again as she was talking to Lee about finding the perfect little train set for Jack, and he said, can't really use that now she did end up saying that oh you're right after thinking about it and giving it a second thought and then it's not something that the old rosemary would have done the old rosemary would have insisted on being right i also thought her comment when she was building this big gingerbread house with elizabeth she mentioned that next year they should do castle and my thought with that is good luck With that in season 8, Rosemary. Hopefully we will get to see that. I did like how she was there to support Elizabeth during this scene and throughout the whole movie. But this was the main scene where we heard her support Elizabeth. Then we have Team Infirmary that I will probably from time to time call Team I. What can I say except absence has really made their hearts grow fonder. I enjoyed how they wanted to surprise each other. The question with Faith is does she only have two brothers? In season four, she told Shane Cantrell that she grew up with a bunch of brothers. And then we haven't really heard anything about how many, just a bunch. I think of at least three to four if she had a bunch of brothers. So I would kind of want to know, is there more than two brothers? That would be kind of nice to know if she said her brother and the other brother. Are there two or are there more that we just don't know about? I also really loved how the story for them ended. They ended up bringing a couple of presents and food left over from a big potluck that they had to the one woman and her children that Carson borrowed the wagon from. I thought that was really cute. It showed how much this couple cares about others and they care about each other. Moving on to Henry, both this Christmas movie and the Christmas movie leading into Season 6 have shown Henry's good sides, as in The Christmas Blessing. He was really good with Little Millie. In this movie, we saw him being really good with Walter and being a really good community member by quietly slipping in money to help pay for food. For a potluck, when Lucas had run out of food, and with the help of Faith, who came up with this idea, the whole community pitched in and brought food to the saloon as they had run out. Henry came to the mercantile to buy some goods to contribute but Ned has already taken care of that and is taking what he can over to the saloon. Henry offers to pitch in to cover the cost. Ned says no but Henry ends up slipping some money into Ned's ledger to pay for the goods. He ends up helping Ned bring the food over to the saloon and then we really see him helping out with Walter. He told Walter to get a hold of him in the new year and that he would help him find a better job than what he was doing. I think it was obvious that Henry saw that Walter had potential, but he needed to work for a good company with a good product. Moving on to Team Classy, Clara and Jesse. I talked a little bit about Jesse and Lucas finally setting aside their differences. I liked how they did this for the greater good of the community. And in that process, they found out that the other was not as bad as they had originally thought. I thought that Clara had a real servant's heart, which we have seen previously in other seasons and episodes, but I thought that this really brought it to the forefront. She was willing to give up some valuable one-on-one time with Jesse to help out Lucas That is really who she is anyway but we really saw that here. Also we got a little tidbit about Clara's past too in the end when her and Jesse end up inviting Henry, Hickam and Lucas to join them for Christmas breakfast. Clara brings out pancakes and she tops those off with confectioner's sugar that she puts in a snowflake design and says that her mother did that when she was growing up for Christmas. I had thought that her mom had passed in childbirth or when she was Really, really young, but this has shown that she did know her mother. Fiona, another genuine servant's heart here, as she is so sweet in helping out Team Infirmary get back together. She is there all the way for Faith as she is keeping calm and helping her solve everything. I loved how she said that she was no replacement for Carson, but she would be willing to accompany her to the Christmas Eve service. I thought that was really sweet and cute of Fiona to do that. I also really loved how we got to know that her grandfather had roasted chestnuts at Christmas time. Again, this is a little small pocket of information on her background, and I love it when the writers do that with the characters, especially these supporting characters that we don't see a lot of, or we just don't have a lot of background information in general. I thought this has painted a picture that she has a very close-knit family back home. The one moment that I really enjoyed It was a very touching moment is when her and Florence exchanged gifts. I thought that was a really good moment between the two of them. Showed just how faithful a friend she is to Florence. They exchanged these two gifts that both had to deal with the phone. Fiona gave Florence a phone ornament and Florence cross-stitched, I believe, is what her thing was. She did a needlework type of thing, kind of like a cross-stitch of a phone. And then cross to the words May we always be connected I thought that was really sweet Team Flomo Ned Which is the next team that I will talk about I've already covered Florence But I will specify that she did tell Fiona Fiona took a chance on her And she was grateful before they hugged And it was really sweet That was a really touching moment between the two of them Moving on to Molly I talked earlier about her helping Bill So we did learn that Molly loves to organize and is good at it, as she remembered where she had put that little box with the compass that Bill wanted to give to little Jack. And then moving on to Ned, I feel like Ned doesn't get a lot of attention. In fact, I feel that he's very underrated, and he is a backbone to the community. He serves a lot, and this was an episode, I had talked about it earlier with him and Henry, where he contributed to the dinner. In fact, he always contributes when he has things from his store that need to go to a good cause. And he doesn't get much recognition for contributing to the community. A lot of other characters' contributions and what they do kind of overshadows what he does, but I like how he's that quiet, backbone hero that we don't necessarily think of, but he's there helping. This is going to conclude Part 1 of When Calls a Heart, Home for Christmas. Stay tuned to part two.